Welcome to the Cowie Baptist Church podcast. To learn more about Cowie, including in our gathering times, visit us online at cowie.church. Enjoy the message. Amen, amen. And I love that song uh, going into 2021. And yet not I, but Christ in me. I love, love, love that song. And every time I hear it, it just stirs my heart. You know, as Clark said in his prayer, we, many of us were kind of tired of 2020 in some kind of ways. We hear those kind of things. We can't wait for 2021, or we can't wait to see kind of those things behind us. But I'm reminded that on January 1st, when I woke up that morning, nothing had changed. The King of Kings and Lord of Lords was sovereign on His throne, and He was ruling and overseeing and working in the midst of our lives. And man, there's uh, so much that has been just incredible blessings about 2020, and just thank God for those things. And as we walk into 2021, I want to encourage us to be minding our Father's business. And we're walking through the first and second chapter of Luke, and we will finish the second chapter of Luke today. You can take your copy of God's Word and turn to Luke chapter 2 as we look at this this story that is recorded. And I find it interesting. I was I was looking around at Christmas, and I was seeing uh, a lot of different ornaments and things on the trees, and they reminded me of certain things about our kids. And uh, I was thinking about, you know, how they're, they're growing, and I would look at these moments, and I would look, and I saw pictures and things that they had done. And I don't know about you, but uh, parents in the room, you can remember having just these different moments of your kids' lives. You'll see uh, you know, we remember these moments, and we try to capture them, especially our first child. So when Hope was born, I, I think Sherry had some kind of picture set up like every three months. It was like, oh, it's time for our three-month pictures because it's three months. You know, and we'd take these pictures, and we would do these things, and we'd try to capture moments like the first step, but usually they're going the other direction, and we end up catching a step a little later, but we try to capture those kind of things. And then uh, Grant would come along, and all of a sudden we're like too busy to take any pictures. And somebody, some of y'all know how that goes. Like you've got all these pictures of your first child, and then the rest of the kids, they're like, yeah, that's where they were born, and here's graduation. I don't know how that happened. But it, it's true. And, and then like grandparents, I'll, I love following uh, some of our grandparents on social media and just seeing the pictures posted of, of these grandchildren and all these uh, things that are there. And we can remember so much. We capture so much about the life of our children. And I think about God incarnate, right? Jesus, the King of kings and Lord of lords, born, took on flesh in the most vulnerable form of a baby. And I think about all the records and things. And, you know, the Bible doesn't record everything, uh, but it records everything that we need to know and what God intended for us to see. But I find it very interesting that there's not a lot of things in there about Jesus as a child. But Dr. Luke is going to give us a, a moment from that, something only found uh, in the Gospel of Luke and only recorded by him. We're going to begin in verse 39. I want to pray for us and we'll jump in. Father, we pray, God, that today, Lord, you would help us, God, to center our lives around the Father's business, Lord, that you would give us a picture, God, that you would reveal to us what you want us to learn from your word today, God, that you would, in the power of your spirit, God, remind us that none of this can we do in our own strength. God, as Paul wrote, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It is not in our own strength, Lord, that we accomplish anything, Lord, and we 
uh, God, in our, in our own strength can do nothing, Lord. But God, you tell us if we abide in you, God, that, Lord, apart from you, we can do nothing. But that our role, Lord, is just to abide in you, to abide in your word. God, help us to be a people who just grip that strong this year, Lord, as we dig into your word, as we, uh, God, just desire to walk in obedience to all that you've called us to, individually, as a church, as a people in this new year. Father, we love you. We thank you for loving us. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Verse 39, Scripture says, When they had performed everything according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own city of Nazareth. Now, Pastor Chris uh, took us through verse 38 last week and uh, just did a phenomenal job. It's such a blessing, uh, just the staff that we have. My family and I were able to get away and uh, spend a little time together uh, camping and just had a a great uh, time, and, and Pastor Chris did a phenomenal job just walking uh, through that scripture. So grateful uh, for him, grateful for the group uh, that he is with uh, today at Snowbird and our students that are just being poured into in the midst of uh, this time, uh, even as we speak. And we, we see verse 39 pick up, and between verse 38 and 39, there are some things uh, that we don't see in this story that, that uh, Dr. Luke did not... Uh, record for us. We see some some things uh, that take place. It was after their encounter with Simeon and Anna. It was after that uh, in the temple and before their return to Nazareth that we uh, would see in Matthew's gospel chapter 2. The wise men uh, had visited Jesus. We see uh, that they had fled uh, to Egypt to escape uh, Herod's just murderous rage like where all these uh, infant children, where all these um, uh, male infants were uh, just murdered in the vicinity of Bethlehem, right? We see uh, this kind of thing, and that it was only after Herod's death did Mary, Joseph, and Jesus return to Nazareth. And so we see that picture that many times we see in our nativity scenes. We don't see Luke record that, but we find it interesting that Luke gives us this story. And as I thought about that, why is it that he recorded this story? What is it that God wanted us to glean from in this. In verse 40, he says, The child continued to grow and become strong, increasing in wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Now we see that this uh, moment in the life of Jesus, this is really uh, all we get before the age of 12. Jesus is growing up, and he's growing spiritually. He's growing uh, physically. He is growing in stature. This is... Where he's at, we're reminded here that he is fully God and fully man, that uh, in the incarnation that he, uh, the Son of God, set aside his uh, independent use of his own divine attributes to uh, be in full submission to the Father. And so we see Jesus growing uh, in wisdom and growing in understanding. And there's things about this that uh, just melt our mind when we try to picture this, uh, this child that was fully God but yet fully Man, and we see something about his parents in verse 41. Uh, they are uh, following and, and they are uh, walking in obedience to the Lord. Scripture says, Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. Now, three times a year, these Jewish men were uh, required to go to Jerusalem to worship. We see in Deuteronomy 16, we, we hear those. Uh, those times at the Feast of Unleavened Bread, at the Feast of Weeks, the Feast of Booths. And so we see 
the obedience of Mary and Joseph as they would travel every year uh, for this, that they would do this. And then there's this one incident that Dr. Luke wants us to glean from. And in verse 42, it gives us this point in Jesus' life. It gives us this picture of how old he is at this time. Uh, anybody 12 years old in here? Any, any 12-year-olds? 11, 12? Yeah, we got um, some, some people in that age gap or right there uh, around it. And so we see here he is, 12 years old. They went up there according to the custom of the feast. So Jesus' parents, they go every year. Uh, this particular event takes place when Jesus became 12. And so there's something significant about this time. Verse 43, it says, And as they were returning, after spending the full number of days, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but his parents were unaware of it. This is going to be a moment, right? Can you, and those of you that have children, uh, you, you, how many of you have ever had this moment where you turn around and like one of your kids is not where they're supposed to be, right? We've, we've all had that moment. We don't want to pick on uh, Joseph and Mary uh, too much in this because if you look in verse 44, it says, they supposed him to be in the caravan and they went a day's journey and they began looking for him among their relatives and acquaintances. So this is a a, a different time, and people would travel to these feasts in caravans. You would see the women and the children. They would be out front, and they would be setting the pace. They would be uh, in the front. You would see the, the young men and the men. They would follow behind, and so it would be very easy. And, and in this kind of culture, the relatives and even whole villages would travel together for these moments. And so it would be very reasonable for them to say, okay, Jesus, he's 12, right? So he's, he's probably like, like Mary's like, he's probably back there with the men. Like, you know, they're doing their man things, right? And so they're, they're kind of walking in that, that dynamic. And Joseph's probably like, well, he's probably up there with his mom. And then at some point, they're along the way, they're like, hey, y'all seen if Jesus had anything to eat? I, I don't know. He, he's not with you. Like, and I don't know if you've ever been the guy that's like, hey, where is Grant? And your wife asks you that, like, not your wife, but my wife asked me that, and I'm like, hmm. I was watching him, but I don't remember exactly what happened, but he, he I don't know where he's, there. they probably started out not so worried. Y'all been in like a store before, and all of a sudden the kid's not there, and like, oh, I'm sure he's probably just around here, and then you start looking, and the longer you look, the more worried you get, right? And you find a little junior in the clothes rack. Somewhere, you know, and, and, and I'm thinking parents should just teach them from the beginning the opposite way and just hide from them, like go to the store and just get in the clothes rack. <laughs> After the first service, our children's director, Kelly, said, I did that to my mom one time, or my mom actually did that to me one time. She hid, and she said, I just kept on going. She said, I guess I taught my mom that day. She said, I didn't even care. But, but those kind of things uh, take place. But they're looking, and they're like, have you seen Jesus? Have you seen Jesus? It remind me of the story. And I shared this before, but I love the, the, this joke. These two little boys, they had been getting in a lot of trouble, and so the mom says, hey, I got an idea. We're going to take him, and we're going to let him talk to the pastor, and the pastor maybe can kind of straighten him out. So little Johnny was, you know, kind of the ringleader of the trouble, and he gets sent in with his buddy to the pastor's office, and they're sitting there, and the pastor sits down across the big desk, you know, and he tells the other boy, he said, little Johnny, he said, you stay with me, and he said, Mikey, you go, and wait outside and I'll come get you in a few minutes. So he gets in there, sits down, little Johnny's across from the desk, he looks over at him, says, where is Jesus? Silence. Johnny's kind of rolling through this thing. He says, where 
is Jesus. And little Johnny, man, takes all he can have of it, runs out of there, finds his little buddy Mikey down the hall. He says, this time we've really done it. He said, God is missing. And he said, they think we took him, right? So here's, here's this kind of moment, right, that, that all of a sudden, and I'm sure Mary's flashing back, like the angel visit, and like, and you will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, and he will save his people from their sins, right? And they're, they're hearing all these kind of things. They're probably flashing back to those moments, and God is missing, like Jesus is missing. And Scripture says that they had gone a day's journey. So he's not just been missing for a little bit. They've gone a day's journey, and they have forgotten Jesus, but can I remind you, it's not too hard to go a day's journey. We do that all the time. Verse 45 says, when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem looking for him. Then after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. Now, they went to church with Jesus. They observe a feast that really is all about Jesus, and they leave without Jesus. We don't ever do that, right? They went to church with Jesus, but they found themselves forgetting Jesus. Now, we don't want to be too fast to, to look at them and say, man, I can't believe they did that because the reality is that we forget Jesus in so many areas of our life. And we're going to talk about maybe some of the ways that we see that happen. But I want to finish just this chapter, and it says that Jesus is there in, in verse 46. We saw him there, and he was sitting in the temple. They found him there, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening and asking them questions. And all who heard was amazed at his understanding and his answers. And when they saw him, they were astonished, right? When, when Mary and Joseph find him, when they see him there, they're astonished. They're, and they're a little upset. I don't know if you've ever like, been really upset your child was long and been really afraid and really nervous and really searching and really doing all that, but then you can't wait to get to them because you feel like they probably need a spanking. I feel like that's kind of what's going through her mind, right? And not, not that she's there, but there's this emotion of like, I can't wait to find them, but then there's this thing like, what in the world are you doing? What are you thinking? And that's what she says, son, why have you treated us this way? You knew you were supposed to be with us. You knew you should have been with us. Why, why did you do this? What's going on? Behold, your father and I, we have been anxiously looking for you. You know, they've been panicked by this. We see that, that there's been a, a season of time. They went a day's journey. There's a day journey back. They're finding him. And after three days, it says they find him in the temple. And he answers to them. And he says something that I think is just a key to this passage. He, he answers them and he says, Why is it that you were looking for me? Did you not know that I had to be in my father's house. Now, this could be rightly translated uh, in, in the things of my father, or as the KJV puts it, it says, in uh, which did you not know that I would be about my father's business? That's a, kind of the common way we remember this passage, that Jesus said, I'm about uh, my father's business. Now, Luke wanted us to see a picture of Jesus at the age of 12. He wanted us to see, and God... Uh, revealed us that, that at the age of 12, that this is where Jesus is at, that he is uh, growing in wisdom and, and understanding and, and just this picture of him as a young child all about his father's business. So the scripture says that, that Mary and Joseph, in verse 50, it says, they did not understand the statement which he made to them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth, and he continued in subjection to them. And his mother, mother treasured all these things in her heart. And so Jesus, who is growing in wisdom and understanding, is still 
walking in submission to his, uh, his parents. And Mary is, is learning and, and pondering all these things that are taking, that's taking place uh, in his life. And she's growing in all these things. And, and Luke continues to say, here's what Jesus is doing. He's continuing to grow. Look at verse 52. He says, he kept increasing in wisdom and stature in favor with God. And man, this is the story of Jesus' childhood. We don't get all these other places to say this is what Jesus did here, this is what he did here. But we see that Jesus was living a normal childhood, that he's growing in wisdom and he's growing in understanding and he's growing in stature, he's growing uh, in favor with God and with men. And here we see him, 12 years old, about his father's business. And I want to encourage us as a faith family to be about our father's business in twenty. 21, may we be found minding his business. Now, it's easy to get busy, and last year I used this illustration, and we put some big rocks down in here, and we said the only way those big rocks would go in is if they went in first. If you put all the little stuff in and all the craziness, then it can't get those in. And I was just reminded of that this morning, that we've got to be serious about the things that are important, because the reality is that we are distracted so many times from the Father's business, and we find ourselves distracted minding our own business. Now, we hear that statement and we say, hey, people need to mind their own business, and we think of it as a good thing, but I want to use it in just a little bit of a different perspective today. When we live our lives and we are focused so much on ourselves, everything revolves around us. And when you look at our culture and you look at our world and you look at people, if you wanted to figure out the center of people's world, it is generally them. Everything is about them. If you ask them a question, you say, hey, uh, you went to a wedding this week, right? Can you tell me about it? Well, I sat in the fourth row back and there was a little bit of drift that was coming. There was some air coming out of that and I was a little bit cold. And then when I got in there to, to eat, uh, I got some of this kind of food and this kind of food and this kind of thing. And the, and the preacher talked a little too long, and I was very hungry by the time it was there. Everything is about them. And you're thinking, this is a wedding. Like, I want to hear about the bride and the groom. Maybe you hear a, a statement where there's a, 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 a disaster. Maybe there's something uh, that goes uh, wrong, and all of a sudden you say, hey, well, well, man, that was so tragic to hear about that storm. And the person says, yeah, I lost power for an hour and and there's all that tragedies even become all about us there was this one young guy and he was looking to um to, to get just the right card for valentine's day and so he was talking to the the lady at the uh at the the little card place there at the hallmark place and he says hey i'm looking for just the perfect gift he said i'm looking for the perfect valentine's card uh just looking for the one thing that would just uh, just be right and this lady comes back through and she looks through all these cards and she finds finally just the perfect card and it says this it says to the only girl I have ever loved he says oh that's perfect I'll take four he was the center of his own world right and when we think about these kind of things, we can be so focused on our own business that we can become distracted from the Father's business. Can I tell you another way that we can become distracted? We can become distracted minding other people's business. We can become distracted minding other people's business. We spent the week and we went to a, a campground and when we were there at this campground, there was a little guy, his name was JJ, and, and JJ would kind of surprise us at times and and it was a little different. I'm pretty sure he was like the lost kid of the week that his parents never knew where he was at. I've got a little video uh, of J.J. that I, I hope uh, came through okay. And 
might see him. Kind of see us zooming in on him. What are you doing? Now, you couldn't hear him too good, but when he hope we would find him outside, like it would just be random. We would come outside of our camper, and as we would step out, you'd, you ever just feel like somebody's watching you, right? And all of a sudden, you'd find JJ just like this. And you can't win the staring contest, Richard. He, he, he's going to win. He's, he is not stopping. He'd say, what are you doing? And he'd say, I'm watching you. We had a little dog that's like a little yapping dog with us. It's like the Corona dog I was telling you all about. I don't know how I got talked into it. It was a weak moment at the beginning of all this. But we've got him. And, and this kid's learned to social distance, right? And he, evidently his parents just taught him that because he won't get close enough to the dog to get calmed down. But all of a sudden we'd hear our dog just a little tied up right out there at the camper. And all of a sudden you'd hear, bah, 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 bah. we'd come out the door, J.J. You know, I was thinking it was, I mean, he was like five, so it wasn't, that creepy, but all of a sudden you just find him like under somebody else's camper just watching. Like I don't know what could have been that interesting about our life. Like we're doing nothing except like eating every now and then. This is, this is not that exciting, but there was something about that that, that he just uh, wanted to, to look and he was so interested in what we were doing. And I got to thinking about us and we, many of us, have our phones and Facebook and Instagram and we spend so much of our time distracted from the Father's business, scrolling through other people's business. And if they could see us, we'd probably look like little JJ under the truck. Be like, could you imagine if those people could see you? I want you to think about it next time. Like, like they're watching you through the little camera on your phone. And, 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 and listen, I love the social media. I love being able to connect. There's a great group of folks that are uh, joining us online right now through our social media, through those kind of things. Some people said, hey, I'm done with Facebook. They're, they're, they're censoring this. They're doing that. Are you going to do this? Are you going to do that? People ask me, am I getting rid of it? No, it's the greatest mission field uh, that's around us to be able to be involved in. Yeah, I, I'm going to be involved in those kind of things. I'm going to engage at some level, but we can get to a place that, listen, if we, uh, uh, if we are not careful, we can become distracted from the Father's business, caught up in everybody else's business, right? We may call it things but so many times those kind of things can crowd out the main things and we got to be careful not to forget Jesus being consumed with other people's business and we've got to be careful not to forget Jesus in the pressures of everyday business see a lot of us we get caught up minding the day's busyness if you notice I changed the letter in the word but we become like a trophy to say Hey, how you doing? And what do we say? Oh, man, I'm busy. Busy, busy, busy. It's like a, it's like a victory word. Like, like we feel so proud because we're so busy. And, you know, I forgot my phone at home. It's kind of funny. This morning I'm like, where's my phone? I think it's at home. So, so we're, like, looking for those kind of things. But, but on our phones we've got notifications and pings and messages and, and, and emails and Facebook messages and Instagram direct messages and all these kind of things. We've got stuff coming at us. And then somebody commented on this. And, and we've got all these things that are coming at us if we're not careful. And all those things, they seem urgent in the moment, right? You get a message. You get a text message. You get an email. You get this notification. All those things seem important. And fact is, things are coming at us all the time that seem important in the midst of our life. And if we're not very careful, and this is nothing new to me. This statement has been around forever, right? But but if we're not very careful, then the urgent things 
that are coming at us will crowd out the important things in our lives. And sometimes we've got to say no to some good things so that we can say yes to the main things and the best things. Because there's only room for so much. Like this jar is not holding many more rocks. Our lives are not going to hold many more rocks. We've got to be careful. We've got to be intentional about the things that are going in first. Right? You remember the story of Mary and Martha, right? Martha's busy about all these things for Jesus. She's working and she's doing all these things. And Mary, where's she at? She's at the feet of Jesus, right? And she's spending time with Jesus. Martha had this thought. She said, you know what? If everything gets done, like at the end of the day, if there's time, I'll spend time at Jesus' feet. But Mary said, if there's time for nothing else, I'm going to spend time at Jesus' feet. See, we think so much about what we're going to get done. I think about 2021, and we think, hey, I want to get this done at my house. I want to get this done here. We, we think about all these things that we want to get done, but I want to challenge you to build your life on who God wants you to become. We read in his word about he is working in the midst of our lives to conform us to the image of his son, that he is working, and, and we uh, desire to come alongside and, and to be people that are making disciples and coming alongside of others to present every man complete in Christ. Paul said, I labor for this in Colossians 1. We see that kind of picture. And instead of thinking about all the things that we want to get done, let's think about who we want to become and who God wants us to become. Think about the relationships that are important in our life, right? Our families. There's so many times that I can be caught up in the digital things or in other things, and I can miss those sacred moments with my kids, right? They're growing up so fast and it's very easy to be caught up in trying to make the most of every minute and in the midst of trying to make the most of every minute we are missing out on the blessing of so many moments right what if we're missing out on the moments that matter what if instead of focusing on every minute and making the most of it and just being busy 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 we focused on every moment that God is allowing to come into our lives the people that he is allowing to come into our lives, right, that we would seek first, right? Jesus said in Matthew 6, he said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. May we be found minding his business. May we be found in 2021 a people not about uh, consuming everything in our own business, not a people consumed with other people's business, not a people consumed with just the busyness of every day that's coming in, but a people that are consumed with the Father's business because if we're consumed with the Father's business, we will never forget Jesus when we are consumed with the Father's business. And by the way, we will never forget people either if we are consumed with the Father's business, but we will see them in a different light. Instead of interruptions and aggravations and all these kind of things, the people that God allows to come into our lives We'll see them as people who need to hear the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, as people who God has designed us, right, not to do life alone, but to do life in relationships with other believers. We believe that disciples are made in intentional relationships around the Word of God. You've got an opportunity as we start uh, this new year. Tomorrow we start a new Bible reading plan, and you'll see printed copies, but I want to encourage you, if you have the ability to connect digitally in this, it is an incredible blessing as we walk together in His Word daily and we have the ability to interact with one another. Uh, you can go to the, the Cowie app and you'll see the ability to connect there to howie.church forward slash disciple or in the bulletin 
online, all kind of ways that you can join uh, in that together. And as we walk through this year, we encourage folks to say, hey, what would it look like if a group of ladies or a group of guys that are in our church would say, hey, you know what, I'm willing to uh, engage in a different way because disciples are made in intentional, accountable relationships around the Word of God. That's how disciples are produced. They're not, uh, we, I love gathering, I love preaching the Word of God, I love being in church like this, but I want to tell you, disciples grow and are made when God's people gather together around His Word in relationship with one another. And we want to encourage you to say, hey, you know, that's an important thing uh, in this new year. That's something I'm willing to invest my life in. That's something I'm willing uh, to engage in because the big rocks have got to go in first. And if we want to be about the Father's business, Jesus gave us a beautiful picture. And it's what our church really, our whole mission is based on. Jesus says, and this, he says, I'm about my father's business. We're to be about his father's business, right? They're questioning uh, him. They're asking him, hey, what's the most important uh, commandments? What are the things that are important? And Jesus says, uh, and we all know this, right? Mark 12, uh, verse 30, he says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the second, so that's the first thing, you're going to love God with everything. And the second thing, you're going to love your neighbor as yourself, and he says, there's no other commandment greater than these. So everything that we're doing happens out of a love relationship, an overflow of our relationship with the Father. We love him completely, and when we do that, when we love him completely, then we can see ourselves correctly. And, and the Scripture says that we love others as ourselves, right? That we see ourselves correctly in light of the grace and the goodness of God and what he's done in our life. And we see others compassionately. They're not like, like little J.J., right? He, he's a, he, he could probably get on my nerves. And there's little J.J.'s in all of our lives. Some of them are big J.J.'s, though. And it's a lot harder when they're big J.J.'s instead of little J.J.'s. But the reality is that the big J.J.'s and the little J.J.'s need to be introduced and understand who Jesus is. And God has allowed some of those to be in our lives so that we might proclaim the good news of who he is. And we put love in action by loving others continually in that way, all of this out of a relationship with the Father. And we choose to be people that are minding the Father's business. We choose to be people that are saying, hey, you know what? I'm going to do what's important. I'm going to put those things in there. May 2021 be a, a year for our church and for us as individuals that we mind His business. We were traveling back and there was a firehouse subs with a drive-thru. We're like, yes. And we pull into the drive-thru line, and, and we've got some custom subs. I don't know if y'all ever have, like, maybe your kids like some different things or whatever. Well, mine are super easy. Hope wants pepperoni, pepper jack cheese. Grant wants ham. Just ham. That's it. Just ham. And so we pull into the drive-thru, and there's a guy who's like, can I take your order? I'm like, man, I should have went to Chick-fil-A. Now, that's what I'm thinking. I didn't say that. And it, he says, can I take your order? I said, yeah, I'd like um, just a, a sub with pepperoni. And pepper jack cheese. Okay. And I said, oh, I got a sub with just ham. Ham and all the fixings. No, no, no. Just ham. Ham, nothing. Just ham and bread. Okay. I'm thinking at the time, I'm like, I know you're going to get this so wrong. And he repeats it back. He says, You want salami and cheese? I said, No, 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 no. no. Um, and, and you got to be super nice, like, because I love Jesus. And for some reason, that, like, the drive through's a test for me. I don't know. And so I'm like, I don't know if anybody else can, I, like, I feel like I'm doing so good and I could lose my mind in the drive-thru. Like, I've got a long way to go, right? I'm just thinking, it's, it's so, reminds us how far we have to go. And, and, and the guy's like, salam. I said, no, 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 just pepperoni and, and, and pepper jack cheese. Okay, I got it. So we get the subs. Of course, they're wrong, right? And so we go 
I'm like, I should have just went inside to begin with. So I go inside, and I'm still being nice. The only good thing about it is they made them wrong. They can't keep them. They're like, hey, you can have them. So I get to eat a lot of subs that day. But, it, but, I, the, but, but nobody's, like, we walk in. I got my little sub. There's 740 people in there, Grubhub, whatever else. All these people are trying to do their thing, and nobody cares. Like, like the God look at me, and he's like, back to making his sub, like, slow motion almost. But there's one lady, and there's one lady that was different than all the other ladies. And all the other workers, she was serious. And when she saw me and myself, she said, oh, my goodness. She said, did we do, get something wrong? And I said, yeah, I just had wanted just ham, you know, with not all these veggies and stuff. It was just ham. She's like, oh, I'm so sorry. We, we should have had ham. Moves me to the front of the line, takes my sandwich, and she, is, and she is navigating all these other things. Oh, Grubhub coming up next. And we got, I mean, she's like doing everything. And there was something different about this lady than all the other workers there because the other workers there, they were about their own business or other people's business, and they could care less about anything else. But this one lady, like it was her story, evidently. I mean, it, I didn't have time to talk to her and really ask her her whole thing, but I wouldn't be surprised if she wasn't the owner. But if she's not the owner, then she was the manager, and she was entrusted to do something there that was different. And can I remind you today that God owns it all, and as we are adopted into the family of God, we are adopted into the family business, and we are to mind that business. God owns it all. He has blessed us with it. And, and by the way, it's the great equalizer because there's people with different amounts of money, different amounts of a lot of different things, but every one of us have the same amount of time. And God has called us to steward that well. He has called us. He owns it all, all of our resources, all of our time, everything. He owns it all. He has blessed us with a certain amount, and he has called us to steward it for the glory of his name and to be a people that will mind his business in their workplaces and in their schools and in their sports teams and wherever they are at, that they would recognize that it's not about simply fulfilling uh, their business. It's not simply minding other people's business, but it's about being about the Father's business. And when we are about the Father's business, it is about us inviting others to come alongside us and join in the family business, to know him and to be adopted into his family for the glory of his name. And I, I just want to encourage you, whether you're connected online, whether you're in this room, to just say, you know what, this is going to be a year that I'm not going to allow just the tyranny of the urgent, the crazy things that are coming at me to crowd out the most important. I'm not going to allow the things that, that make a difference, right, my family, relationship with God, all these places that, God, I'm not going to waste those things away this year. I want to be about my father's business. May we engage in that kind of way this coming year. I want I want us just to close in, in just a, a song of worship. Um, I want to ask you, I want to pray for us, and, and then we're just going to worship together as we close. But Maybe you're here, maybe you're listening online, and, and it's obvious that say, you know what, I know that I'm a follower of Christ, but my priorities are all out of line. If you were to look at my life and you were to look at how I spend my time and the things that are there, you would see that and I'm all about me. I'm all about trying to fulfill my flesh and my desires. Maybe you'd look and you'd say, you know what, I, somehow I found myself consumed with other people's business and just engaging uh, in social media all the time, and I'm wasting away just precious moments in my life. Maybe this morning you'd say, you know what, God, I pray that you'd help me not in my own strength, but in Christ, Lord, that, that, that I might abide in you, that I might hold on to you God, and, and just cling to the vine this year in a way that is different um, than ever before. And I pray you'd just help me to, to walk in obedience to you. Maybe you're 
either in this room or you're online and you've never surrendered your life to Christ, we see very little recorded about Jesus as a child, but we see him live a perfect, sinless life in the midst of a sinful world. Jesus never sinned. We see him live a completely sinless life in in perfect obedience to his Father's will. He dies on a cruel cross in our place, an atoning sacrifice because of our sinful, broken lives. There's nothing that we could do to be made right with the Father. There's nothing we could do to earn our way to heaven, to earn our salvation, but Jesus paid it all on the cross of Calvary and rose three days later from the grave. If you've never trusted Jesus and surrendered your life to Him, we invite you to do that just in response to His Spirit. May we be a people that would live our lives surrendered to His business and His plan. And may 2021 be a year that we Trust in the sovereignty of a God who never changes. Who never for a moment ceases to be in control. And who has entrusted us to be part of the work He's doing in making disciples. And reaching this world for the glory of His name. And may we submit ourselves to the Father's business in every area of our life. Lord, have your will and way in Jesus' name.